We're all about turning a crappy situation into something positive. A quarter million dollars of credit card I debt. I still remember the day when no one turned up. Throw it in the garbage and start from scratch. I could give myself a chance, so I started something. I mean, I think that counts as from poop to gold. <laughs> Welcome back to From Poop to Gold. I'm Benton Crane, your co-host. Today I'm joined by a very special guest. Here with me today is Marissa Sergi. She is the CEO and winemaker at Redhead Wine. Welcome to the podcast, Marissa. Thanks for having me. We're so excited to get to hear your backstory today and find out what brought you here, how you got here, and what's coming next. So essentially, I was procrastinating in class like any other college student would do, scrolling through Instagram, Twitter, whatnot. Well, I checked my email and I received this message that if you're a student entrepreneur and want free wings over Ithaca, which, by the way, were my favorite wings ever, you have me at free food in there come to this meeting and pitch your business. So I kind of ignored the whole pitch part and just went for the food. But when I realized that the organizer said, if you are a student entrepreneur, you must give the 60 second elevator pitch. I was like, oh my goodness, I can't just piece out of a bottle of wine and red hair. Everyone noticed me. So I quickly went in the corner of the room panicking. Um, I Googled wine industry facts and put together pretty much a bunch of BS about this company I had called Redhead Wine and rocked the pitch somehow because I got an email the next day that I was nominated for my college within Cornell, the College of Agriculture and Life Sciences, as their Student Business of the Year nominee. And I was like, oh my God. Wow. <laughs> what did I get myself into? Because I was absolutely not a business owner. It was totally just a story to get the free wings because Wings Over is more of like a, a premium wing place. So it's kind of expensive for a college students so that was definitely motivation to get there but um i kind of rallied my resources a bunch of my friends like matthew curtis he was in the hotel school at the time uh, connected me to the pillsbury institute of hospitality entrepreneurship and they mentored me how to pitch my business for this contest so that's definitely the starting point of the whole redhead wine situation um let's take it back even further where does your interest in wine stem from my grandparents immigrated here from Italy, bringing over that tradition. My father made wine all his life as well. And just coming from a strong Italian background, although I'm very pale, nearly translucent, <laughs> and I have red hair, I am actually 75% Italian. So being part of that culture, I grew up with a lot of friends and family coming over, enjoying meals with wine. You never left empty handed or hungry. And I just really have great fond memories being part of that and I just didn't know what I wanted to do when I graduated college I was a senior in high school and I was like oh my gosh what am I going to do with my life I had no clue but I discovered that Cornell University did offer a wine degree it's a four-year bachelor of science program so I crossed my fingers and applied I'm from a small town called Lowville with only 53 students in my graduating high school class. So that is a small town. I had no idea that my life could go beyond the bounds of Lowville, Ohio. So being able to transport myself by embracing my passion of wine at Cornell really embraced the whole situation for me to lead me to become this CEO and winemaker. It sounds like... Coming up with the name Redhead Wine kind of happened off the cuff 
almost by chance, right? Definitely. <laughs> um, but it's fitting to you, right? Yes. And and in doing so, you've kind of tied your personality brand to your wine brand. Tell us about how that's working out. It's definitely interesting because there are a lot of my customers on the outside looking and giving me all this positive feedback, but because I am who I am and what you see from me on Redhead Wine social media or my personal is truly who I am. I don't really feel that pressure to have that facade of having all my uh, ducks in a row or knowing everything. I think that transparency has really helped grow my brand because I want my customers to really understand that it's a journey. I'm not a fake Instagram CEO on planes to uh, Europe with all kinds of, um, well, I'm a, I'm a girl, but you know, models and all kinds of stuff on these planes, bottles, whatever. And that's not the real CEO life. Right. I'm showing that one day I might have to drive four and a half hours to help a store that's uh, needing my services or I'm giving speeches at uh, STEM events at Youngstown State University, or I'm dragging hoses, making my wine, adjusting the sitting in pH. It's what you see, what you get. And I think that's really helping when it comes to that redhead sassiness personality. So you're showing the grit and the grind behind it. Hell yeah. There's no lies behind my story. I don't want to ever feel like I can't be honest. It's almost like a relief for me mm-hmm. that I have this audience that I have connected with and I've found actually some lifelong friends through this journey where I can vent like, oh my goodness, I'm learning how to work the bottling line all by myself today and I'm learning how to adjust the bottling machine to make sure we're doing you know 2,300 bottles an hour versus 700. It's that whole learning process where I don't feel alone when I am alone, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Now, on this subject of grit and grind, right, there's nothing easy about entrepreneurship. There's nothing easy about building a brand, about growing a successful company. In fact, we almost always face very, very hard, almost devastating circumstances or moments. Can you tell us about a situation where where you, you feel like you've just about hit rock bottom? So it's really ironic you're asking. About two weeks ago, I had a complete uh, mascara running mental breakdown because I have worked so hard, not by myself, but sometimes I feel like I'm by myself because I'm doing a lot of the sales, I'm doing the social media, I'm doing the winemaking, and I'm balancing all those responsibilities as appropriately as possible. And I do have a head winemaker that has helped make the wine so I'm not at the winery doing all those other responsibilities. Well, we found out that he's moving um, 500 miles away to a new winemaking position nearly four weeks before harvest, which Ooh, is that's a painful loss. around Rough the timing. corner. Yes, and I just found out we're getting in all these stores with Walmart and Giant Eagle and all my other retail partners. And I was like, wow, I was on a high the other week speaking at Walmart home office about my journey. And then the one key piece that helps keep this uh, journey flowing is leaving. So I've been telling my audience I'm going to be more at the winery now than ever, not going store to store. I was scared and I am scared because 
I have to learn responsibilities that I am not familiar with. I know how to make my wines, Redhead, but the other wines my, that my family makes, Luvabella, I'm not familiar with the formulations. I know the science, but it's almost like uh, my grandmother, for example. She is an amazing cook. She's been cooking since age six. You know, she's straight off the boat immigrant, right? She can teach me how to make her tomato sauce all day. Tell me that the salt is only a tablespoon. But she has her recipes in her mind. She has that feeling. She knows when to stop putting the salt in the, the pot. That's the same thing with winemaking. So it's an art. It is it's an not, art. It's not just a follow a recipe. No. A, B, C, and D. There's an art. There's a feel. There's a touch. There's a sense to it. Absolutely. So I am the winemaker of Redhead Wine, but now I'm going to be the winemaker of Redhead Wine and Luvabella Winery. And that is a whole big piece of the responsibility that I've never had before. And I just know I'm not going to fail. I'm going to do everything it takes. That's what we do as entrepreneurs. We don't make excuses. We find solutions. Yeah, you could have a meltdown, but you are going to come out stronger and realize that you could laugh about the moments you felt the lowest after you overcome it. But I am very fortunate that I have some of my best friends in the industry that make wine, like my friend Kayla Winter. She works for Paul Hobbs Winery out in California. And uh, we spent the last six, eight years as best friends and learning from each other. And I know that she's a phone call away if I need help with the wines. I think the biggest thing as an entrepreneur is finding other entrepreneurs to lean on because we've all been through some crazy experiences but I think the best thing that gives me hope in getting through this situation is that I know I went to school for four years for this it's going to be a long learning curve but it will get easier the more I put myself into it so that's why I'm going to be spending lots of time at the winery and figuring it out you're clearly equipped to be able to come out of the other side of this successful yes but it's knowing that you're not an expert in everything you need to know what your strengths and weaknesses are and be transparent about it and make sure that you're going about conquering your fears or things you're uncomfortable with finding those resources and people to lean into because I'm not going to sit here and say that I know how to make every single wine that my family's winery produces. It's just not true. So why am I going to put that front out there and I do make a mistake? But I am lucky that we have at least six to eight months of inventory of all our stuff. So I have a lot of time to learn and make sure that the quality is there. I never ever want to sell a product that I would feel embarrassed about or not drink myself. My customers are used to a certain quality and that's what they're always going to get no matter what. Love it. Talk to us about your creative process. I know that your wines have a unique differentiator that sets you apart from, let's be honest, it's a very mature, crowded marketplace. Wines have been around for thousands of years, right? And you're trying to break into that space First off, tell us about your differentiation and then tell us about the creative process that you use to get there. I just went to my local market and went to the wine section. I was only 19 years old, but I wanted to 
try to see if I can develop a wine label that appealed to someone like myself. And I noticed there weren't a lot of labels that popped out on the shelf, but the ones that I did notice, I took photos of. So if you want to start a consumer products company, definitely survey the shelves at the very beginning. See what you like and dislike. You can save a lot of aggravation and frustration by doing that. But after surveying all the labels I liked, I realized they were very simple eye-catching, bold, not too many colors, just really easy to see from over four feet away. So what I decided, which I still have this original email from 2012, I emailed a graphic designer this very detailed email of exactly what I wanted, a label that you could see from over four feet away with only three simple colors, red, white, and black, and that the packaging would embody the spirit of a redhead. So Shannon, who designed the redhead label, reached out to me. He's like, hey, you're a redhead. Send me some pictures for inspiration. So she actually did end up using the bottom of my face and my lips for the label, which a few of my customers have noticed. So it's kind of cool. But I never wanted to develop the label off of me. I just knew that I wanted to embrace the redhead's personality in my flavor profile lightly sweet but not too sweet and lightly spicy just like a redhead (laughs) but it kind of spiraled into me becoming the face of the brand because i realized that a lot of people enjoyed learning about who i was in the winemaking process so it's a little bit of the redheaded spirit within the winemaking industry for lack of terms it's funny to hear you say that my oldest daughter is a redhead Ooh, great and, um, <laughs> and your description actually actually kind of hits the nail right on the head um so it was sweet but not too sweet and a little bit spicy was that how you described it yeah pretty much the biggest thing with redhead wine i want people to enjoy it that they're having this sweet or spicy moment the tagline I created is called for life, sweet and spicy moments. You're going to find sweet however you'd like a promotion or a marriage, a proposal or something spicy. You're a little frustrated. You need to relax or you're having a romantic moment. I want people to see that redhead could be enjoyed for all of their life's moments, but also that it's a wine to empower themselves to be bold stick out from the crowd don't blend in be yourself try something new take a risk i feel like that whole personality can be embodied by any person you don't have to have red hair but you just have to have uh, that go-getter attitude and want to conquer the world awesome okay marissa let's talk some more about your brand now um you stand out you were just talking about um, standing out from the crowd being bold Now, prior to meeting you here, I had only seen a couple pictures of you. But when I walked into the room, I saw you from across the room and I knew there's Marissa. In developing your brand, can you talk to us about the elements of the brand that just kind of happened organically versus what elements of your brand did you intentionally lean into and build upon? I believe a lot of it has happened organically because I didn't know what I was doing at the beginning. I was not a business person. I 
didn't intend on creating redhead wine as a business but after i got a lot of positive feedback i realized wow this could be a thing so realizing that i needed marketing i had nearly zero dollars for a budget how could i spread the word while making it interesting so just kind of putting who i was out there has really helped but also embracing fear for growth and what i mean by that is this conference for example i knew everyone would probably be wearing jeans a button-down shirt and a blazer it's just kind of the marketing scene almost unspoken uniform but if you ignore that societal pressure to dress like you belong and dress the way you want to for example that is why i'm wearing a red dress and black heels today because I'm not afraid to stand out. If it's going to cause attention, I might be uncomfortable, but I'm going to embrace it just because I wanted to do it. It's something that you got to just do because you want to. Don't listen to society to push you to mold your behavior. And I think that's why the organic content for Redhead One has done so well because I just kind of naturally push that limit. And I believe it's helped inspire others to do so. But what I've had to do to lean into the brand is realizing I need basic structural things like a tagline or colors that are a specific Pantone. It can't just be black, red, and white. It has to be a specific shade so it's not all shades of red in the rainbow. The little basics are what people identify. So when you do look at a brand like dunkin donuts you know that's the dunkin donuts orange and white or starbucks green and black and white those are the basics you need to lean into but the rest should be organic no one wants to be sold to or oversold to so that's something i really want to focus on is just always being truthful in myself to grow the brand now it's awesome to see how well you know your brand and how well you embody your brand. What tips do you have for our listeners who are trying to create brands? Do not overthink it. What you need to focus on is the quality of content. Is this picture interesting? Is this video something that is new and fresh and will gauge your followers to actually be interested instead of seeing, oh, Redhead Wine posted again. It's the same whatever swipe it has to be something of value so although you need to carry a brand that speaks a very specific message you still need to have room to play so oftentimes we feel almost crippled by this desire to have it all nailed like i have to know what my brand is what my messaging is what my logo is what my colors are but if you look at any household brand name be it apple facebook Google, Coca-Cola, whatever it is, you can look back and see an evolution in all of those brands. Correct. And none of them nailed it out of the gate, right? It's taken a long, long chain of trial and error and and the word you used, evolution. Absolutely. And I think the moment that you embrace that, things become a little easier. I think just the biggest thing as an entrepreneur, the less you overthink and overcalculate, the more successful you're going to be because your audience will see that you're moving through this in an easy breezy way. And it's not easy or breezy, but you need to showcase that this is fun. This is something you enjoy because that's the actual truth but the moment that you feel like you need to act say look a certain way is the moment you'll most likely fail gotcha 
Uh, Marissa, do you have anything in the works, any special projects or any special announcements coming down the pipeline that you would be open to giving our listeners a sneak peek to? I have a few. I am releasing a sweet, crisp, and refreshing rosé. I currently have a dry version on the market. Like Dry rosés are very popular, but I've had a lot of requests for a sweet rosé. But I don't like anything overly sweet, so I made it really crisp and refreshing as well and it's 13 percent alcohol so it's definitely a good time but i also am working on a redhead reserve this fall a more traditional barrel aged wine i've been doing a lot of research and studying what type of varietals that i like it could be a single varietal wine or a blend i'm not sure yet it just depends on what kind of grapes are available to me out in california and what i believe my customers will enjoy the most too so stay tuned for those things Awesome. Um, Marissa, thanks for coming on the podcast. It's such a pleasure to have you. We have a little gift for you from our clients. Thank you. This is awesome. Thank you for being here. Really appreciate it. And to our listeners, thank you for listening to From Poop to Gold. Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe. And we'll see you on the next one.